How's it going, Katanning? Welcome back to the Greatest City in the World podcast. Uh, you may or may not remember Joanne. Uh, we are trying something new today. Yes. Very excited about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're calling it Mental Health Mondays, so you're hopefully seeing this on Monday morning. It'll be live every Monday morning at 6.15, uh, whenever it's going to happen. And so we'll, uh, we're going to kind of go through uh, a couple different things. Um, my goal for this whole s- kind of segment or series, if you will, is to... Um, tackle the part of Catanning 300, which is about opioids and addiction. And uh, when we talk a lot about that, I always am just led back to the mental health aspect of what what leads us to that. Because I think the opioid addiction is kind of the fruit, but it's not the root. No, not in the least. And so we need to kind of dig into that a little bit. Um, You are my resident (laughs) expert on all things (laughs) mental health. And so what we're hoping is that we'll, we'll be able to talk about individual situations and how individuals um, deal with um, trauma and different experiences of anxiety and depression. And then we'll be able to take that information and apply it to us as a city as a whole. Yes. And I guess not even just a city, but a region and a nation and right. all the different problems that we deal with as a society. Right. So. Um, you guys might remember Joanne from last year. I think you were the... Was it last year? Yeah. yeah I, was, I was one of the early ones. Yeah, you were like what the third honor. episode number three, I believe. <laughs> Very cool. And so, uh, so you, if you guys want to learn more about Joanne and her past, I'm sure that we'll get into that a little bit as mm-hmm. we go through this series again. But, um, mm-hmm. but if you want to learn a lot more about her, we have an hour-long podcast that's actually episode three on this uh, podcast, so you can go check that out. Okay. You know, I should mention that I rewatched it because I have some people who have come to me to work with me from watching that podcast. Yeah. And um, I thought I better know what was in it, right? What, what brought them. <laughs> right. And so um, one of the pieces in there, I make it sound as though alcohol and weed, weed was the only hard drug that I referenced, but that's not the case in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So I have real experience with the harder substances right. that are highly, highly addictive and highly, highly difficult to remove from your life. Right. So I just wanted to clarify that component because it sounded like I thought weed was this huge hard drug. Right. Um, and that's it's not good, but it also doesn't have the kind of hold on a person that those whole harder substances do. Sure. And I was, uh, yeah, I've been down that road as well as far mm-hmm. as. Uh, alcoholism substance abuse all that kind of stuff and so we have similar stories in a lot of ways and then we have a lot of a lot of differences as well Uh, but but God has been in all of it uh, for sure for both of us big time and so um the, what triggered triggered this whole thing was mm-hmm. we have these conversations normally just amongst the two of us. Mm-hmm. And one day I said, you know, we should really be recording this because there's so much good information that um, you know, we should be having these conversations for, for a public venue so that right. other people can take the, the awesome things that have been gleaned for, for me and mm-hmm. you all can apply it to your lives me as well. well. It makes yeah. it come alive for me as well. It's, a, right. it's not, it, I, I have a deeper and deeper understanding of the validity of all of this information when I'm bouncing it off you, when you're bouncing it off me, when I'm working with other people. And then I'd really like for um, viewers, especially starting off Monday morning to get Mm -hmm. you through the week, to be able to say, oh, okay, I'm getting a sense, I'm being able to make sense out of my experience. Because when you can make sense out of your experience, then you can determine a direction and move toward it. If you can't make sense out of it, it's chaos. Yep. 
And that's, I think, our other, our other uh, purpose for this is that you would leave comments and you would leave questions about situations that you're going through or maybe you have a family member that's dealing with something and you're wondering, hey, what's going on in their life or how can I approach this differently because what I'm doing is not working. Please. And we can take those situations and talk through them on this Monday morning podcast Mm -hmm. and hopefully uh, we'll be able to, as a community, uh, Mm -hmm. come together and figure out how to how to get some real victory. Right. right? Totally doable. Yeah. So um, that's where we've been at. And uh, where the conversation we had a couple weeks ago is where I want to go today with it because we don't have any viewer questions. So we'll we'll just use mine. All right. Um, where I was at is, uh, I feel like in Catanning, we've been seeing slowly um, the victories happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen the Market Street project happen. We've seen you know the kind of the first fruits of the Blight Task Force tore down this house, and um, you know that was a really big victory for me. We've seen little businesses pop up here and there. Talk about over the past few years, two short gals, Yamato. Mm-hmm. These have been long-term successes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Amano on Water Street, now the Meredith Inn, which by all accounts seems to be a, a huge success, at least in its grand opening. Yeah. And so we're seeing these like first fruits of victory. And yet, uh, through all of that, we seem to have this mindset as a city that we're still stuck. We're still yeah. the same old Catanning. We're mm-hmm. not making any progress at all. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, um, you know, that I think we see happen on an individual standpoint as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe you could speak a little bit more to that aspect of when someone is maybe in recovery right. and they start to experience a little bit of victory. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they start to have a little bit of victory, yes. but they're not experiencing, experiencing it. it. And so um, can you just speak to that a little bit and like just maybe some a practical real life story of things that you've seen happen in people's okay. lives? All right. Um, well, let's start with people in recovery, right? Yeah. If they're in recovery, that means that they were needing to use substances in order to self-medicate to begin with, because it's never, oh, I think I'll go become an addict today, right? right? It, it's always a beginning of doing something that will make the person not feel whatever it is they are feeling. That is unacceptable to, um, to the body, to the mind and to the emotion, mm-hmm. all right? So when we look at that, whatever has happened that has made the person need to go to some other substance is something, and I shouldn't say is something because most often it's a series of things. Yeah. It's a continuum of things. And it's been experiences and a life that sets the person up in a way to expect that this is what the rest of their life will be. Right. And so when a person is positioned in that way, then whatever smacks of hope, whatever looks like something could potentially be better different, in and of itself becomes threatening. And it becomes threatening because there's been a whole series of events that have said, oh, you have hope? <laughs> Let me smack you down, right? Yeah. And because that's been what has conditioned, what has shaped the person, then the expectation is that no matter how good it appears or it looks, I can count on it's always going to go to, I can't say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like everything's going to go bad. Right, like, go like bad, no, no matter thank you. What, no matter what good is happening around me, it's always going to come back to, this this same place that I was before right and so it's it's safer for me to stay 
in the thing that I don't like. Correct. It's safer for me to be there than it is for me to right. hope for some kind of better future. Right. And um, I just think it's really interesting. Um, I, I don't know how, maybe we can get into the brain a little bit too mm-hmm. and, and kind of the mental ruts. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think that was a really powerful thing for me in our conversation as well. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, something might happen. I'm just going to give an example, and maybe you can speak to it. Okay. Something happens in your childhood, mm-hmm. a traumatic right. event. And not necessarily childhood. Well, right? yeah, when, whenever. Whenever. But, um, so something happens that's very traumatic, and it, <clears throat> when that happens, it actually forms a uh, electrical circuit way yes. in your brain. Yes. And that becomes, the more that it happens, the more that you are, are in that traumatic mm-hmm. experience, the stronger that connection gets. Right. And yes, the more that it happens, but also it doesn't have to be the more that it happens. It can simply be when you're walking around out there because you've had a traumatic experience, anything that looks like, smells like, feels like, whatever the five senses can pick up, if it's similar to the thing that caused the trauma to begin with, then that electrical synopsis connection is automatic. Mm -hmm. And so it literally creates a rut in the mindscape in a way that from signal to conclusion, it just automatically goes there. And the automatically goes there is that place where the emotions of the trauma cannot be processed. Mm -hmm. And since they can't be processed, they become constricted. And in that constriction and in that suppression, there is depression, but they want to be known. And they're trying to tell us something that needs to be healed. And that is the anxiety component. It's being stirred up and it's saying, hey, 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 we need attention. But the part of the brain that says, we can't handle that, we're not going there, just keeps pushing it down. Right. And then... And so it can be a one, it can be a single event. It can be. But then every time that it's relived through the, through daily life, it's still strengthening that connection in your brain until it's rooted out and dealt with in a a healthy way. Right. Although I should mention, um, the traumatic event can be not traumatic for someone else, right. all right? So previous to that traumatic event, there is a series of things that have enacted the fight or flight response to come up, come up, come up. And then when something traumatic occurs, the fight or flight reaction stays on Mm. okay and it views everything through that lens yeah all right because two people may experience the very same thing but if the component of our brain that can prioritize can process information can evaluate and use it for long-term goal planning right is in charge then that event is something that can be processed through because the emotion can be released yeah and I think a lot of times that's where we can become very not empathetic toward other people because we can see something that they're going through mm-hmm. and the, we're, we're kind of experiencing it for them. Mm-hmm. And we're saying, well, I could deal with that. That They just need to like suck it up, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. pull themselves up by the bootstraps right. and, and walk forward. And what nope. we don't see is all of the previous trauma that is that is kind of stirred up 
right. when they experience Cor- what they're experiencing. Correct. And so we have to realize every single, everyone's, we're dealing with people. Yes. We're dealing with people that were created and loved by God, mm-hmm. uh, that were created for a purpose. Mm-hmm. There's nobody that we should look at and just look down upon. Right. We have to look at them not, not as some, you know, drug crazed Mm -hmm. addict we have to look at them as a human being who obviously has been dealing with something that has brought them to the place they are today right right a human being in pain right yeah and scripture says do not be conformed by this world Mm -hmm. conformed means shaped by we all i mean i don't i don't know of everyone i can't speak for everyone but i have commonly understood that scripture to mean don't go do the things of the world okay but conformed, when we really look at the word and what it means, it means shaped by. Right. And we were created to be people who are able to connect to God and use his power and knowledge and information in dealing with what's going on in this world. Right. However, because there are so many um, horrific things that happen in this world now, it ends up setting people up for the expectation that that's how their lives are always going to be. So to me, that's what is conforming the people to this world. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's Romans 12, chapter, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Bam. And so it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's just so powerful, isn't it? Because we are... We're a product of our culture. Mm-hmm. Every single one of us. Right. We're yeah. We we all think that. Well, some of us, like myself, we might think that we're the greatest thing since sliced <laughs> bread. But the fact is that there are a lot of things that we automatically respond to mm-hmm. because I grew up in rural Minnesota, or mm-hmm. because I grew up in the United States, right. or because whatever. Right. Uh, we're we're a product of our culture because, mm-hmm. and that's why God had to specifically tell us. Yes. Don't let the world shape you. Right. I want to shape you. Right. You need to continually be transformed by by the renewing of your mind, yes. by the washing in the word. And yes. so, um, yeah, it's a powerful insight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it absolutely. Really is. So, yeah. um, so then you know, take me back to. Let's go back now. We kind of just laid some groundwork okay. there. The cele- being able to celebrate <laughs> because once somebody, you know, they they get in recovery, mm-hmm. some good things start to happen in their life. Maybe mm-hmm. they get a job or maybe they, you know, their housing situation is finally stable. Mm-hmm. We can look at it from an outside perspective and say, wow, John is really doing good. Right. Like he seems to really be getting his life together. Yeah. Um, what's what's John thinking and experiencing? <laughs> John is thinking and experiencing this could go at any moment. Yeah. This could go at any moment and being afraid that it will. Yeah. Okay. So, and in being afraid that it will, what ends up happening is John slogging through one foot in front of the other, and we're going woohoo, and he's going, oh man, this is hard. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And because he can't experience experiencing meaning, letting the emotion, energy, and motion move through of what it means to have joy, right. what it means to experience that hope, that love, that um, payoff, if you will. Yeah. All right? Yeah. yeah. Because it's like, I, when I walk through town, I'm seeing every like every little thing that changes. I'm mm-hmm. like, yes, mm-hmm. it's happening. It's happening all around us. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but I, 
I, I think I feel like that about my own life. Right. But for someone caught in addiction that still mm-hmm. hasn't figured out how to, um, I, don't, I don't know if I'm using the right terminology, but mm-hmm. figure out how to celebrate the win or mm-hmm. to experience the experience. win, to, to feel the, the feeling of right. victory. W- right, without it being something that is threatening. Because I'm not saying that people don't go, hoo-hoo, all right. But yeah. they go, hoo-hoo, all right. And then they go, ooh. Yeah. Okay. They're like waiting for the other shoe to drop, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Right. And so that is a huge problem and reason why people just give up. Yeah. Okay. Because what's the point, right? I felt way better on the show. So what what would be the point? Yeah. So, yeah. So take me back now again. The experience of that victory. Yeah, we can feel that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm picturing, you know, maybe someone, and I, I know I'm taking it back to childhood, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be childhood. Right. But say you're a child that's in trauma. You're always moving from place to place. There's never any stability. And it's every time you get a little stability, it's like everything gets thrown into chaos mm-hmm. again. So now I'm an adult. Right. I'm working through addiction and I'm starting to experience some stability. Mm-hmm. That's that positive feeling actually has something wired in my brain that says there's something negative right around the corner. Correct. And so we, how do you overcome that? Someone <laughs> that some could, because we, we see it over and over again, right. someone's doing well and then relapse mm, and then they do right. well again and then relapse. Right. And so how do you, how do we break that right. cycle on an individual level? Well, well, the first component is knowing how to take your body out of fight and flight. There is there have been other terms attached to fight flight as we study this more and we understand more. Those other terms are freeze and fawn. Right. Okay. So and freeze is just not doing anything. That's been out there a little longer than fawn. Yeah. Fawn is all the codependency we see, trying to placate people, trying to say, they're there. It's okay. I'll make it better. I'll yeah. take care of it. Okay? okay. So fawn is the newest one on That's the really scene. interesting. I mm-hmm. I mean now that you said it, mm-hmm. I know a lot of situations right. like that where to right. deal with what I'm going through, I'm mm-hmm. going to attach to another person mm-hmm. and that will make me feel better yes. taking care of right. Taking care of this over here will make me forget about this over Correct. here. Correct. Yeah, Correct. Okay. All right. All right. Super interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. First I've ever heard that. Yeah. So that is a function of what happens physiologically in our body when we are met with anything that makes us afraid mm-hmm. okay um and i don't really do i don't want to go into all of that right now the, okay. all of the how to do it yeah, yeah okay yeah. because i'd really like to get a general overview of how the things all go together yeah today. maybe that's what we'll yeah okay all right so but we'll go deeper in that another yeah, time for yeah sure. we'll go but that has to be the first component and the reason it has to be the first component is because if we are under fight flight freeze and fawn then the part of our brain that looks at everything as incoming and doesn't prioritize any of that information and doesn't evaluate it for where it should be on the continuum of attention and doesn't um, uh, use that information in a way that allows the person to move in the direction they want to go. All it is is overwhelming incoming. Yeah. Okay. And so that's the function of the part of the mind where 
when you were speaking earlier, that trauma automatically goes. Right. Okay. And so it essentially says, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down, meaning the situation. So whatever you're going to, whatever you can do to make yourself feel better and yeah. remove yourself from that fear. And also any associated emotion, because the part of the mind that processes emotion is not available. Yeah. Okay. Just however, I, can I escape this situation? Right. How, how, how can I get away right. from it? How yeah. can I get away from it? Mm -hmm. And and a huge component of that is shutting down the emotion, right? Yeah. Which is why when you start to experience victory, not you, but people start yeah. experience victory, they can't feel that emotion because it is reminiscent of when they started to hope before. Right. All right. Well, and I, 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 I do feel it as well. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to like okay. exclude myself. Okay. I'm almost the opposite. Right. Where when I experience victory, I always feel like I, I need more. Oh, like this isn't good right. enough. Okay. Like I actually, I, I, I'm not. I haven't been victorious okay. enough. So I need to like go to another level, mm. which is still a problem. It is. But it's the opposite. You know, the opposite right. end of the spectrum. It is. But I, well, then yes that's and no. It's kind of full. And that's yeah. the thing about all this. All of this is full circle. Right. And that's probably from trauma from my childhood mm -hmm. when I was always thinking, well, when I scored a 95, I should have got a 100. Yes. And when I got 98, I should have had a 99. And yeah. you know, I missed that one question and it mm -hmm. wasn't quite good. And I'll do better next time. Yeah. And so that's where I was, grew, mm -hmm. grew up. And so I'm being thrown right back into my yeah. trauma, so to speak, right, even right. though it wasn't. I don't know. I don't know. It, yeah. Well, it you can't measure pain. Right. All right. You cannot measure pain and impact. And I've had people say to me, which is really interesting, because as I'm trying to disseminate this information and have it really be something that um, people understand and use, I've had people say, you know, this makes per perfect sense. If you've been there, if you know what it is and recognize what you're referring to. Yeah. If you don't know, it sounds like a whole bunch of gobbledygook, yeah. right? But that doesn't mean it's not relevant for everyone. And the reason yeah. it's relevant for everyone is because the World Health Organization is calling stress the number one epidemic of the 21st century. Right. And that uh, fight, flight, freeze, fawn, the four Fs. Can we yeah. call them the four Fs? Sure. Okay. So the four Fs is indeed a stress reaction yeah okay so it all goes back to stress anything that is threatening and yeah. if we're experiencing that as an epidemic in the 21st century we better know what to do with it in our bodies to mitigate it not have to be running around externally finding things that make us feel better for a while so we can just go back and do it again right. we got to be able to do it in well i think i think you saying to mitigate it is very important as well because that the goal is not to just eliminate all those mm -mm. feelings. No, the goal not is in the least. <laughs> the goal is to take all of the feelings and use them for what they're supposed to be used right, for, right. as indicators of what's going wrong mm -hmm. or, or what you know. What do I right. need to correct? Right. What do? How do I need to change my direction? Right. Instead right. of just using it as a, oh my goodness, I got to get out of here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very okay. much so. So you were talking about the the first per the. First thing that that person has to be able to do is to be able to get into their functioning of 
said, um, go go back right. to where you were going to talk. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm I'm taking you off track, so I just okay. want to I want to bring us okay. back because I think it's important. Okay. How, well, how does that person begin to experience victory or be able okay. to celebrate the wins? Right. Well, the body has to be in homeostasis. Yeah. All right. Meaning that everything's functioning in the way that it's supposed to function. Yeah. Um, in order to do that, we have to be able to combat the physiological responses of the body when we're under stress. Okay. And that includes traumatic stress, post-traumatic stress. That includes, oh my God, burnout. Burnout is now being considered a, um, a, diagno a diagnosis. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, right. So that's yeah. the continuum we're looking okay. at. Okay. All right. Um, and we could talk more about how, but you have to be able to yeah. physiologically, physiologically calm yourself. Right, physiologically calm yourself. And that's homeostasis in the body. Yeah. Okay, how we were created to be. And that's so our mind can then... So the part of our mind that can... Um, I keep using the same words, so I want to try to... The part of the mind that can deal... Right? right, the part of the mind that can say, "I got this. Yeah. I, I, I know what to do here." Yeah. Right, or if I don't in the moment, I know I'll get it figured out. Yeah. Right, it doesn't throw them, but the part of the mind that is under um, the four Fs when we're not in homeostasis yeah. is externally driven. Well, I think the, the words that we talked about earlier, and maybe it would be helpful okay. now, we talked about the difference between reacting and responding. Yes, And so yes. there's a part of our brain that mm -hmm. is just, um, when we, like say somebody says something to us and it's offensive, there's part in our brain that will immediately react to it. Correct. And uh, we can either choose to follow that reaction mm -hmm. and escalate the situation mm -hmm. and make things worse, mm -hmm. or we can take in the information with a, with a calm body, right? Right. And a mind in the right in the right place. Right. Take the information, analyze it, and respond in a way that's going to be productive. Right. Right. And, and helpful. And say like, in order for me to be offended, your opinion has to matter. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But though. No, but it that's is true. true. It is true. But all right, to me, your opinion has to matter. But I have to, to me. I have People's to... opinions matter. But yeah. <laughs> but if I react to it, then I'm right. I'm giving it more power than Correct. it really deserves. Correct. Right. Correct. Oh. Big time, yeah. and and that's the thing, right? And that's why I love those that juxtaposition between react and respond. Because let's go back to recovery, yeah. right? If you can calm your body, not if, when you calm your body, because we can all do it. We all have those automatic physiological responses, and we can all counter them. Right. All right. So when we do, we're able to respond. Able to respond means that we have responsibility we mm -hmm. now are have a factor that creates response we have that ability responsibility then means that we can handle mm -hmm. <laughs> our responsibilities and in recovery so often people say as they move forward and as their lives become better i can't handle all this responsibility i'm overwhelmed right because they don't have the ability to respond they have reactability not, that's all they have yeah. correct <laughs> and it's all incoming and so literally when we this is interesting we never talked about this so mm -hmm. when i tell someone to take responsibility mm -hmm. it takes on a whole different meaning then doesn't yes, it yes it does it's like no calm yourself you can grab a hold of this mm -hmm. thing you can do this right you can move forward with a healthy response yes and uh instead of an unhealthy right. reaction yes so take responsibility but they truly can't right they until, right until, yeah. right i mean they can slog through 
And but I think that's where the breakdown occurs when we say, oh, they don't want to do it. They don't want to help. They don't want want, 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 want. No. And that's what I mean. It takes on a different meeting because a lot of times we'll say that flippantly and be like, take responsibility. Mm -hmm. But now I can say, no, you can do this. Like, let me show you how you how you can take responsibility. It brings a whole different empathy into the situation. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I love this stuff so yeah, much. Yeah, good stuff. I hope you're I hope you're getting some value from this because this is like lights my fire. Yeah. So um anything else you want to say on that specific piece? I know um, where I want to go, but Um yes, because okay. I was thinking of a young lady who I work with. She's 16 and she um was looking at my board. I have a board that outlines these these two areas and um and she's looking at my board and she says my whole family's on that side, meaning the 4F side. Yeah. She says, but now that I know that, it takes on a whole different meaning. She says, not that it still won't be difficult, right. but she is now, she's no longer internalizing it as though it has to do with her. Right. Okay. And she's learning what it means to shape her mindscape, to calm her body, shape her mindscape, and then direct her emotion yeah okay so good yeah i didn't get permission from my wife to tell a story so i won't but maybe next time i'll do that because um because i think that that component right there Mm -hmm. if we could just get that Mm -hmm. it would change how we approach addiction as a whole community yes yes it would change everything yes so uh okay okay such such good stuff so back to the celebration thing and maybe then we'll wrap up this week and then we'll we'll uh, solicit for questions again and yes. uh, see if we can keep this ball rolling. Yeah. So how do we take that from an individual perspective? <laughs> how does a community calm itself <laughs> so that a community can begin to get out of reaction mode, mm-hmm. get into healthy response mode mm-hmm. and be able to experience the same joy the same hope the same victory the same celebratory spirit that i feel every time i see a good thing happening around us how can we do that i don't know if there's a legitimate answer to that question Mm -hmm. and maybe there's maybe there's not oh Um, there is but uh (laughs) i want to just hear from you how can we take that from an individual level Mm -hmm. which we know how that operates Mm -hmm. how can we do that as a city okay well one, I know you asked me to go from individual to a city, but one, individuals need to learn this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be one. But the beauty of it is, in the same way that our 4F reaction impacts our whole households or impacts our, our herd, if you will, yep. when we calm our bodies and go into homeostasis, it impacts those around us as well because it's called the herd response, mm-hmm. all right? And so if a few key people really begin doing this, then others will start having the experience of having the parts of their minds online that allow for response and emotional processing to have victory, all so, right? So just by me walking around and having that sense of victory, it will rub off to an extent. Well, you've got to be calibrating. Calibrating is countering the physiological responses. In myself or in in other people? Well, in yourself, which triggers theirs. Okay. Just like we can, just like we can set, well, you set me off, right? Yeah. Yeah, You can feel that. You set me off. Well, you can also calm me. All right. The number one way we help children under 10 years old 
experience that calm and restore safety is by holding them on their laps and calibrating. Yeah. On our laps. Yeah. Holding them on our laps. Yeah. Um, and I was just recently speaking with a young lady who said, I have never seen um, the per- her spouse, I've never seen my spouse show emotion. Yeah. In the way that he has been. And she's been doing her own work with me. And this is what's occurring in her household. Just because she's calibrating herself, she's experiencing her her family then re- right. reacting differently, N- not responding reacting differently. differently. We, and and don't forget, that's the part that comes online that can process that emotion. It doesn't have to be constricted. It's not threatening. It's not something where don't show emotion. Mm-hmm. It's moving. It's energy in motion. Right. All right. Now, eventually, if we can do this. Uh, if we can begin to change our response, mm-hmm. then we can actually begin to start r- formulating new pathways in the brain, Correct. right? That's the, yeah, that's the whole point. And then all of a sudden, our reactions don't automatically turn negative. Mm-hmm. Our, rea- our reaction can actually then be a correct, be a positive one, right? It's no longer even a reaction. It's yeah. a response. Yeah. All right. Now, we want reaction in true life or death situations. We don't want that guy to go away completely. Right. We just don't want him to be in charge of our day-to-day operations. Yeah. And right now, he's so in charge of so many people's day-to-day operations. And I guess what I'm saying is like that automatic response. Mm-hmm. Right. Will become automatic. It becomes automatic. It does. It becomes automatic. Yeah. It be, and it puts us back to where we're supposed to be. So right. when we talk about individual to community, Community, right our whole community has experienced a lot of devastation yes well, I, I hear so often when downtown was thriving when different things were happening in a way that this was indeed a vibrant community right right so then the devastating um, community trauma of the plants closing of people leaving of shops closing of addiction coming in of all of the social ills really um, becoming common because all that pain was happening yep. and nobody knew what to do with it. That indeed is the very same thing that happens on the individual level. Right. So the same way that we heal individually, we heal as a community. Yeah. One positive interaction at a time. Well, y- formulate y- the new new pathways. Um. Yes, definitely. But it can happen at the community level right. as well. Yeah. Okay. So when people. And no doubt individuals, but it doesn't have to be all individuals for it to happen. I guess that's my point. Correct. Yeah. Okay. We just kind of need that. We need enough people to be experiencing it that we kind of, we'll see that tipping point then, so Correct. to speak, in the community where mm-hmm. that calming, mm-hmm. responding mm-hmm. side of us will mm-hmm. take over. Right. This is one of the angriest places I've ever seen, and I've lived in inner city. It matches. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And and anger is a result of sadness and fear left unattended, meaning left unprocessed. When sadness and fear become constricted, which has happened in this community a lot because of how the, you know, closing and losing of jobs and all of those kinds of things, losing of people, yeah. how many people we've lost, right? right? So um, when those become constricted because it can't be processed, then it's not like they go away. They're just constricted. Yeah. So they combine to get our attention, and they manifest as loud weakness. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. I just, I got flipped off probably three times yesterday driving. (laughs) Well, I won't comment on your driving ability. Well, no, I'm a lousy driver, no (laughs) doubt. I'm I'm a lousy driver. Um, I'm an excellent city driver. I learned, you know, it's funny because I learned to drive in New York City and I was just recently there and I could like boom, 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 boom. And I was like, oh, no wonder I'm a lousy driver everywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But having said that, right, um, people don't have to flip off, right? No, I I was just totally joking. But but no, but yes I, and but and it was and you could see they were enjoying it because it was a release right and and i'm no stranger to enjoying that surge of lo- losing my temper right. right but it's a release of all that stuff that's stuck in there right that needs to have yeah we need to find a different way to process it then. Right. well right We're just and releasing then, it in bursts of anger right yeah. exactly okay or the flip side burst of or not burst of anger, but um, depression, like like uh, a cluster so mm-hmm. tangled yeah. that it's extreme depression you can't get out of bed. Right. Those are the, t- yeah. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know we're going to leave it on a cliffhanger there because I want to <laughs> go into how to deal with all that, but I think mm-hmm. that'll be good you know, material for us to save for the future. Okay. Um, so everyone out there, you can let us know what you thought of this. Uh, we're at about mm-hmm. a half hour. We'll try to keep it to maybe about a half hour, yeah. 20 to 30 minutes in length. Yeah. And um, we're a little bit longer this time because we had all the background information. But mm-hmm. uh, once again, leave the things that you're dealing with. If you're dealing with anger, maybe give us a situation, give us something to, to go off of. Give us a question mm-hmm. um, or depression, anxiety, addiction, family members in addiction. It's all on the table, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. So, all of it. Because it applies to everything. Yeah. So whatever situation you have going on, leave it in the comments and we will uh, we will use it for the next round and we'll uh, hopefully be able to keep this going for Mental Health Monday. Yeah. Cool. Loved it. Me too. Thank you so much. And uh, we will see all of you next Monday morning. <laughs>